Welcome to the one within all back to another episode of Interverse podcast and we're about to get astrological with the king of the 12 the uh-huh. logos linguistic flowcaster himself also known as peace dealer you can find him at thepeacedealer.com or on the YouTube channel of the same name his yep. regular person name is Michael Nebby but we are going to be really on the peace dealer alter ego talking about Woo. Becoming our superhero or supervillain selves right. and True. some other really interesting things like maybe getting into World War Zero topics. I know that you're about to be opening up a can on that again pretty mm-hmm. soon. But, hey, I just want to maximize getting the wisdom out of you, my friend. So let's go ahead and get that cracking. Uh, if you want to plug yourself or introduce your work as we get going here, that'd be awesome. But thanks for being here. I'm super stoked about it. Likewise, and thanks for having me. Um, just like you said, once again, uh, thepeacedealer.com is where you can reach out if you want a consultation or hit me up on my email at thepeacedealer.gmail.com and we can talk. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited, uh, you know, going on a journey like this of discovery, self-discovery. I'm, I'm just amazed how, you know, there's so much that I've come to learn and I still feel like it's all just beginning. It's very exciting. Yeah, as an Aries son, I'm just in the perpetual beginning. So <laughs> I know how that is. And you know what? Gemini is usually like my bud. We get along super good. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still- Aries is like the older brother. <laughs> the best friend or the older, uh, the, the, the sibling for sure. Yeah, just- we're close to the same age too. I'm 32. About to be oh, the word. magical okay. 33 soon. That's awesome. I'm going to be 32 uh, next year, June. Yeah, but you know what else we have in common? We both throw as many cards as Gambit from the X-Men. <laughs> okay, I saw you with cards earlier. I was like, is that tarot? Like, I wasn't sure if that was an oracle card. Here's your card, 32. Oh, nice. Devotion. Uh, I, I do. Uh, it's duration. I do I Ching a lot, so. Nice. You know what? This is just the beginning, like you said, of a... Uh, long-term continuity of development into maturity, continually strengthening that deep commitment to self-discovery, right? Right. That's what that card represents. It's the, uh, the arousal lightning bolt energy supported by the breath, the wind communication. That's awesome. And I'm (laughs) glad to know you, you're, you're slick with the cards too. (laughs) They pulling them right. I feel you on that. I got mad inspired by watching you actually. Some of my listeners, multiple gave me the heads up about your channel. And so for, I don't know, since the beginning of September, been tuning in and like way more, I'm way more relaxed with just trusting that there's no wrong cards and I do morning videos now. So that's awesome. People can check that out, but Hey, let's talk about some of your stuff. Like what are, what are the highlights of your YouTube channel that people could expect if they want to get into what you do? Well, yeah, so I'm resurrecting a lot of the series. When I had started, um, this was before there was much of a live platform. So, um, and we had Google Hangouts. So I was really just making, you know, skits, horoscope videos. And what really came into popularity was my World War Zero series. So actually what really started it was when I started my channel, I did the planet through signs series where I spoke on Mercury and the signs, Venus and the signs. And I had ended up deleting it, which I think was the dumbest thing I ever did because 
at the time I felt like it wasn't good enough quality. Like I just did it for my webcam, but I didn't know that's what people liked. Like people didn't even care about that. They just wanted the truth. I was working at a time with someone who wasn't really into what I was doing, but they were a photographer. So they felt they wanted to deal war with aesthetic. He was a Libra. So that's what inspired me to delete it, which I wish I didn't, but it is what it is because I'm coming back around to redo all of those videos now that I'm so much more knowledgeable in what I do. And personally, um, you know, I'm coming back to do another season of World War Zero. I have so much more new series. And that's really what I'm coming back to, just like the pre-recorded content that captured more of my like personality, because at some point I just started to just do lives exclusively. And to and that was around the period of just regaining inspiration and, and figuring out how I want to brand my channel. So that's really a lot to look forward to. I'm bringing back so much of the, the series that really got people to find me in the first place. So I'm really excited. And I'm still going to be live too. So it's going to be dope. Man, what I really love about you is that I get so many like gut busting belly laughs from watching the lives. The energy is ex- like, that was how I knew the first time I watched you that, okay, this guy is the real deal because it was fun and right. this stuff should be fun. And like so many spiritual teachers, metaphysical instructors, it's all like very serious, but there's, where's the balance there, you know? Right. Yeah. And that actually honestly was one of the main lessons, especially as like the full card, just coming into this path. I just, it just, it just felt like too many people are taking themselves too serious. And like, I felt like I had to rebel against that. I felt like I had to be goofy. I had to really just kind of turn it on its head and be like, Oh, this is what it means to be spiritual. Well then let me curse that because not like I made the deliberate attempt to, but just like letting that side out because just to kind of destroy misconceptions of what it's supposed to look like and really just have fun. You know what I mean? And, and, I've always felt that, you know, growing up in, in the traditional religious background, there's this very outdated traditional view of who God is or the gods are and, or or higher beings as like this stoic, never happy, like, oh, you have to do this commandment. And I just feel like that's not at all what the divine is. I feel like the divine, if anything, are some of the biggest trolls. Like they know how to laugh. They know how to see irony. And and that's really what I wanted to share, you know, that consciousness and, and, you know, making, making this fun and realizing that just like you have a sense of humor, God has a sense of humor too. And you, our sense of humor might be inspired by these beings. So, yeah. Right on, man. I know you probably would agree with this, but team light and team dark can set up synchronicity in your path. But the difference is team light will make you laugh a lot more. In my opinion, like there's this cosmic wink and nudge with the certain synchronicities that are really on your path versus the, uh, the artificial AI synchronicity creation is always like, you better do this or it's going to, this is your only choice. But the, uh, the good, the good side of it is always like, this is fun. We're funning here. Right. And I, I really love how you brought up the, the, darker synchronicity patterns that are more manufactured and especially with AI, because 
sometimes we think that just because it's a sign or synchronicity, oh, I should follow it or, oh, it's good. And, you know, discernment goes a long way. Totally agree. Yeah, but this seems like a good jump off point to talk more about some of the content in World War Zero, which I got to enjoy that this week to get warmed up to talk to you Been super excited about it. And it was cool because it really matched some of the things I've been talking about. Uh, I have a show called Vibrant, which is where I try to do more fun. And it's the live show. Maybe sometime you'll come on and we can crack everybody up. But the uh, realization in this Libra season for me that was so huge, and it's a spiral path. Like, you know, I've thought this before, but then shied away from expressing it. But it's that we got to like the next phase is getting out of true false mentality good, bad, and into yes and no, but where there's like, there's the good, the bad, there's the good and the bad and the bad and the good. There's a, there's a four instead of a two, if that makes sense. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about that in context of world war zero, what that series is about. If you could introduce us to the, uh, the main concepts that you are teaching there. Yeah, no problem. And world war zero to me was like my outlet to really just more channel and, express my own personal thoughts about what's not being taught about astrology and spirituality, just like more abstract understandings that at the time I was really skeptical about the whole notion of channeling. So like, I I didn't realize that's a lot of how, you know, I, I, I gained some of this info, but like, it really, it really just helped me just free flow and, and share more of my deeper insights, which is why I wasn't expecting it to be as, you know, popular as it was or for people to really like it. And and that really uh, inspired me to go harder on the channel in that sense. So I'm very excited to bring that season back. The next episode I'm going to do is going to be a recap of every episode I did just to show, do I still believe some of this stuff now? How do I understand it now? What do I understand different? And then move forward with like new concepts. So there's certain, the, the main aspects that we really uncovered was the light and the dark and being able to recognize how, you know, just because some like dark doesn't always have to mean evil as much as it is just like the, the feminine versus the masculine and seeing in astrology how, certain people lean more towards the feminine darker signs of water and earth versus people leaning more towards the masculine positive light signs of fire and air and how the combination of these archetypes can realistically show you who more leans towards the light and the dark of course in future episodes will go into progressions and how you don't always stay in one side right but i wanted to kind of take that dichotomy and see how we can kind of mix that before it's blended and that was when in kind of just connecting the dots and realizing oh okay some people can have their sun and moon in the light but their other moon in the dark and coming into like the yin yang mastery and apprenticeship this really helped you know, people understand why certain facets of their own self can clash with others versus people who are, you know, purely in the light, which then we bring the houses into play and how that can color, you know, the good and the bad or the bad and the good. I'm not going to lie. When I originally made that series, I was a lot more polarized. So I wanted to low key prove, see, 
the earth and the water signs are evil as fuck and they're dark <laughs> and the air and the fire signs are the light ones. So you can kind of hear that a little bit because I don't want to say that and, and tell that to, to earth and water signs. So I, of course, kept it neutral. And thankfully, you know, and understand because I used to demonize my own Capricorn moon and now I've learned to integrate it a lot more. I've learned to accept the light and dark and all the zodiac signs and to see how they express and, and you know, to kind of be a bit more aware because because as as air sign as a fire sign we can see the shadow of earth and water a lot more than they may understand and accept so it really helped me kind of flesh out those archetypes and then also explore different avenues of dimensions and you know just just other other ways of abstractifying astrology in ways that aren't spoken of so i'm just looking forward to revisit that series and and to come back to it so much stronger right and the cool thing about somebody's channel like what you did with those videos is that if you've got the right kind of open mind if you're not stuck in a it's got to be true or false mentality then like for me i can listen to what you're talking about there and in the places where i'm already past where you were five years ago and you've probably caught up to a, a new understanding too. I just look at it like, oh, this is my, this is a shot for me to see what I really think, because here's a clash with what he's saying to what is actually coming out of me from the inside. And that's beautiful because it's helping reveal to me my own perspective, which is the most valuable thing you've got is your unique perspective. It's why everyone's got a different wheel in terms of their, you know, their circle of their zodiacal natal chart. And for example, like I get what you're saying about the earth and water and the feminine being dark. And then that is where like the idea of evil is coming from. But a lot of times, like my Virgos, they're just sad. They're not really evil. You know what I mean? Right. Or, and I'm glad you mentioned it like that. It's like, you see more so the consequence of the lie. And that's what helped me really respect more the, the earth and water because there's a, there's a dark side to light where it's like, we can use light to blind people. We can use light to kind of purport like a false imagery. And then the darkness kind of gives more context and understanding to kind of put that in check. So yeah, it's it's just like you said, like uh, a lot of these energies are just more sad or or misunderstood. And that's what lends to these behavioral uh, influences and changes. But it's still very fascinating to uncover, you know, how all this works, really. When you talk about the light that's used to blind, I mean, that's the idea of the Lucifer in a bad sense, too. That, exactly. You got the, you're in Vegas, right? So yeah. <laughs> you know all about the luxury, lux. That's the, that's yeah. the root word in Latin for light, the false yeah. light luxury, how especially coming through our glow boxes or what I like to call fondle slabs. You know, these devices, this type of artificial light, that ain't always healthy at all. Probably most of the time it's not. But it can be used for good if you've got the balance inside to use it correctly. Oh, no, absolutely. And not and not only that, you know, um, I like to think a lot of religion and and the the dark side of religion is mainly a misabuse of light and purporting this whole you know, light of what's good to do to deceive people. And so that's kind of where we see 
that i mean it's a bit of both right the light and dark being misused but yeah so it's interesting because ever since i made some of these videos my understanding of the light and dark is just so much more mature it's so much more understood and so i'm I'm really looking forward to kind of relay and, and update if anything and synthesize those findings and see how you know maybe it's evolved a long time too yeah, maybe we can talk more about I think something that you'll probably still agree with your old your old, you know previous self about which is how World War 0 is about a war on your consciousness which yep. is consciousness is the way I would interpret that is feelings. You know, it's a war on your feelings. Consciousness is feeling. That's the first layer of it or maybe rhythm is the first layer of it. So, you have a war on perceiving rhythm in nature in the sense that we're using artificial constructs as calendars instead of literally just where's the moon at, you know, the real rhythm. And, uh, you know, we're using sounds to communicate instead of our innate empath empathic powers of feeling what other people feel and sharing wow. our feelings with other people. So let's talk about the war on consciousness because it's not just the dark doing it to the light side. It's it goes both ways. Exactly. Especially if we think about words, which is mainly air, words can be used to obstruct feelings. And it made me realize the language that I'm obsessed with has been some of my hugest block into understanding myself, because I feel like there has to be a word for everything I feel when sometimes I just need to feel. And, you know, just like you said, instead of empathically connecting with people, society has taught us to get in our heads and to formulate what we feel into a language that limits our expression instead of just being in silence and vibing with people, which is definitely what Pisces has taught me to do in water signs for sure. Whereas I always feel like there's something I have to say, you know, so that, and I, I love how you said that this is more correlated to feelings and how it, you know, it definitely consciousness definitely does imprint through the soul of emotions. So, you know, after the thought, after the body, after the spirit. So yeah, it's very fascinating. And I it definitely is a war on consciousness, especially in how you, cause consciousness is key. Consciousness is key in, of course, influencing your mind and being aware of who you are. And so if I can convince you to perceive yourself in a way that doesn't empower you and doesn't give you alignment into who you are, I've already won the battle without having to use any weapons because I've attacked your conscious mind to have a false image of yourself. And if you're not who, if you don't, if you're not aware of who you are, you won't tap into your true power. If you don't tap into your true power, I already won. And, and that's how this war is fought. Wow. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting wilder too. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, so on the feeling thing, it also feels good to talk about how you in your videos, when you like do ceremonies and activations for the group, because you bring so much authentic energy to it, you help the people there do what a lot of spiritual teachers don't quite pull off when, you know, they take someone through a guided meditation or a visualization. It's kind of flat, you know, it's just in the air, but you get stoked. You fire us up. You know, there's good, there's good feelings being brought to the intention and to the visualization. And that 
feeling is how you really anchor into your soul with the intention. Amen to that. And, and yeah, you know, just really tuning in. And that's what I'm really grateful to, to the sense of community that's opened up. Cause at first, like when I started this channel, I didn't have, I really don't have much people around me. And especially back then who are into what I do. So I was just that weirdo on the internet that was just kind of like spouting this crazy stuff. Can relate. Right. So seeing all the support, seeing, seeing people genuinely moved in touch, like that was new to me. I didn't know that people really cared like that. I didn't know that this was that valuable and it added so much confidence to me and what I have and what I do. And it's, 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 it's helped me be so grateful. It's the best part of what I do, really being able to reach out to y'all and to share this and to build this community. So that's really just my next goal. Like, to give back and to, to recirculate and to just kind of grow. Cause it, it really, it, I would say that was one of the major factors that humbled me and at least, you know, aligned me with the sense of purpose. Cause before I was just putting stuff out there, but now I realize, wow, like this, there's actual purpose to what I'm doing. I'm not just out here sharing it. And I always knew that, that there was a higher meaning to this, but I, it, it was just in seeing the feedback that really, uh, just brought joy to my heart and, and uh, made this more exciting. So I think uh, I can also relate to that because there was a big shift for me whenever I transitioned from just putting out videos or podcasts to having a place where people could land and vibe together and expand and like be there a full-time place. So I was wondering, do you have any, social media groups or places outside of just the live chat on your videos where people can connect. Cause for me, the big game changer was telegram. Since a lot mm-hmm. of what I talk about is right. not allowed. I'm shadow banned on all the mainstreams. And even though wow. I've got an account, it's like, yeah, you got several thousand Facebook likes, but only mom and dad see your posts. <laughs> if, if them. And yeah, then I think YouTube watch the video. Too. I'm so glad you asked. Cause like I have 40,000 subscribers, but you know, I go live and people don't, some people don't see the notification. Uh, it's a very small percentage of people who see the videos I put out versus what I'm subscribed with. So I, I know I'm shadow banned, especially on Instagram to this day, I have to type in the entire name for me to pop up or people won't find me on Instagram. Oh, uh, yep. That's, pr- that's proof of it right there. I've seen right. that with a lot of my friends and guests too. Get a telegram if you don't have one, because it's like a live chat that never ends. And it's just like the thread. So I have a telegram. I have like my own channel, the PC dealer. I just haven't promoted it yet. So there's some people who follow it, but I'm going to start if I notice like because my YouTube channel already got struck once. So once I get like that second strike, if I do. I'm going to start really pushing the other platforms. Um, Telegram for sure. And you can live stream to Telegram, dog. I didn't know that. Yeah, and from it's the, really, really good functionality. Or, or easy to live stream to Telegram. Is it is it with the computer or just the phone app? Either way. Oh, so you can use Telegram on the computer. I didn't know you could use a desktop. So yeah. that's awesome. So I'm, I'm going to incorporate uh, just being more active on there just to let people know it's active and, and, and to see what you can do. Um, I also have Discord. That's something I want to grow more. So it's a it's an amazing forum. Anyone can join the community. We have so many tabs. Like if you have Mars and Cancer or Aries, we got a special tab for you. You can you know join the community. 
uh, everyone who usually is live on YouTube, I have the link down below so that we can all just kind of congregate. And it's a live chat that, you know, kind of like Telegram, but instead of just a Discord connected to gaming and whatnot. But um, it's it's really awesome. Uh, I'm building that right now. And then I'm on Instagram, YouTube, but and Facebook. But that's really more what I'm aiming towards the telegram and the discord, because I'm going to start to do more like seasonal contests and, and giveaways to kind of promote community. And, and I'm going to be using those platforms to do that. Yeah. We got to also get you on Rockfin, where a lot of the cool cats are at right now. Cause just for comparison, right. My, my YouTube channel in five years, I haven't even hit 3000 cause of the shadow ban, wow. but I've been on Rockfin since May and I'm at, like almost 7,000 on subs. What? Yeah. And they pay you and YouTube won't pay me a dime. I'm not allowed to monetize. They'll monetize my videos for themselves and put ads on it, but I don't see anything. So wow, Rockfin's pretty legit, dude. I'll get you, uh, I'll email, copy you on there with their onboarding team. Cause you won't have to really do anything extra. You can set it up to go live with your stream yard just the same time as you're on YouTube. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll start uploading content there. That's the R-A-K-F-I-N, right? R-O-K-F-I-N. It's pretty cool. It's getting bigger. It's got its own app. Functionality will hopefully improve as they go, but a lot of my community is hanging out there and, and picking that over YouTube. So, But let's get back into, uh, you know, astrological questions, I suppose. <laughs> Wait. Since, you know, you're the, you're the guy for that. But <laughs> I want to talk about... A little bit more from World War Zero, some of the things I found interesting. The uh, concept of the double agent, right. the, the yin-yang apprentice. Now, right. correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a sun in Aries in a masculine house, a moon in Libra in a feminine house. Does that make me on the like the light side double agent team? Is that how that works? No, good question. Because um, a lot of when I had started this and originally... Um, my understanding of house systems have just changed. So that's when I do the, the recap episode, the double agents is what I'm going to really uh, attack and come back towards. So basically a lot of that was based on a house and because now, cause it was strictly plastic. So like you said, the masculine and feminine houses, right. Um, and your son is an Aries in a masculine house. So that would mean you probably have a fire, rising sign or a Leo era. rising. Yeah. Leo rising. So if we, I'm when I do the recap episode, I'm going to base the house system on the whole sign houses on whole signs. Your moon would be in a masculine third house. And so even though it falls in the feminine house, because Libra is ruled by the masculine house, we'll make it masculine. And this is where you can blend. So yeah, there is kind of like that seemingly double agent but because it's ruled by the third it would make you purely the light side i feel sure. that <laughs> i feel that i don't have a lot of dark thoughts <laughs> i wonder about <laughs> these people out there with dark thoughts like what's going on right and and more uh, uh with people who have more dark energies i like to see that as more just more introspective and more realistic kind of, like i'm realistic i'm right? gullible or optimistic yeah i i, I well my gemini could be super naive to be honest and like, you know, open up to see possibilities, but Hey, it is what it is. I love when you say that actually you got me saying it. And I have a, 
I've an add-on to it is what it is, oh, nice. which is I am what I am and it is what it is. And so That's it's like so Aries. The, I am what I am. I love it. <laughs> Cause that like just brings the God and goddess together. Cause obviously Isis is yeah. the isness, you know, but the, I am Ooh. is the, the masculine side of that. So that's you gotta real. be the, I am in the is that's how you get real. Yeah. That's real. Live in truth. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk a little bit about, so what are double agents at least? So I know you're going to revise that, but for people that are out of context on that idea, what, what would you describe those as now in the updated, you know, updated World War Zero? Um, no, that's a really concerning like double agents or just in general. Yeah, just like what's the what's the lowdown on what lo, what double agents are and how that oh, works. Right, right. Okay. So um I'm gonna link it more with sign than just house, since we're using the equal signs. So basically um a double agent there's a true double agent and there's a double agent so a double agent is going to be someone basically when i do the recap i'm going to link it with yin yang mastery because based on that whole sign system if you're a yin yang apprentice or a master you're a double agent so a double agent is going to be someone who maybe they have their sun in the light or dark side and then the moon in the other side and so they're a double agent because they play both sides. Like they, they, they need one side, but their spirit is on the other side. And so they like a yin yang apprentice, they have to learn to polarize both. And this is where the true double agent, for example, would be like um, an airy sun in the, the second house with like a Libra moon in the fifth house where you have like, or, or, or a cancer moon in the fifth house, which and is for people real quick, like the odd is the odd is the masculine and Eve even is the feminine. You just right. think about it like Adam and Eve, right. autumn and even. Beautiful. That's actually beautiful. Um, I'm trying to see if there's ever a place where a true double agent would happen. So let's say you're a Libra rising and your son is in the second in Scorpio, but your moon is in the fifth in Aqua that would make you a double agent. With that said, the true double agent, I'm gonna keep the true double agent um, moniker there for, for an advanced application for people who wanna blend houses, but that's gonna be one of the first edits I make where I kind of revisit that and we just kind of keep it more specific to, Basically, if you're if you're a double agent, you're a yin yang apprentice because you both have the same archetype instead of being more advanced delineations through that. But it's really just to um, encompass the difference between instead of like you who has your sun and moon in air and fire. It's really to speak of people who have to balance light and dark with like the air and water or fire and earth or fire, water, air, earth. And that's really in terms of World War Zero, the, the war on consciousness and the battle for your soul, right. <laughs> which is, Absolutely. as you say, not like a war war on the higher dimension spiritual plane. It just plays out that way down here. It's actually a dance, which is cool. And you can look at life that way and it's less freaky and all that. But these are the people you would agree, I think, that 
the real war is for and who are the real movers on the war because they're the ones making the choice between their light side or their dark side, as opposed to like me over here. And it's just light all day. Exactly. I don't even have a choice about it. Right. It's like you are, you are the embodiment and identity of that light, which is cool about Aries. And if anything, in the next season of World War Zero, I'll be able to break down each part of the light through air, through fire, and how and and kind of flesh out more archetypes. So I'm gonna get more archetypal for season two and really flesh out like Aries is the warrior and and Libra is the the artist and like really flesh that out in my understanding. Yeah, that's cool. Uh I want to talk about now progressive charts because I've heard you mention these, but I still don't really know how that works. So could you give us like for people who are I'm still an astrology novice. I mean, maybe everybody is forever because it's infinitely deep, but could right. you help us understand what progressive charts are, how you look at those with people whenever you go one-on-one? Absolutely. I used to think it was junk astrology too, because I was like, how does this, how is this even accurate? Because every year that you're born, right? Every year from when you're born, your chart moves a day. So your sun degree every year moves a degree. And the moon moves a degree every month because is that forward it, or backwards forward. So in real time, the moon moves a degree every two hours in the progress sense, it's going to move a degree every month. And so this is where I like to use Pokemon as an analogy. You were born, you start off at like level one zero, but every year you level up and it's like, I was born a Gemini, but now my progressed son is in cancer. So even though I'm a Gemini, I have progressed into learning the lessons of cancer. And this is where now my progressed moon is in Pisces. So I was born a cap moon, Gemini sun, but now I'm a Pisces moon, cancer sun. Now, the cool thing about progressions is personally important because what I've come to understand and I'm still researching is I still keep and retain my Gemini personality. So I like to see it as I'm a Gemini coursing through cancer as opposed to like someone born as a cancer. It's like you can see the progression in the natal as a range. And when you go to your max level, you're at that progression. So I start at Gemini, but if I express my most advanced self where I'm at, I can go to the range of Pisces, Moon, Cancer, Sun. And as I progress more, it's more I can evolve into. And, and everywhere in between then is what I've grown into and I can fluctuate in a certain sense. So that's one way I like to see it. It's basically who you are now versus when you were born. And the transits for progress charts are insanely accurate. So when my moon progress moon was on my natal ninth house cusp, I went back to college, higher education. And when it left, I graduated. So it really gives you a, a very accurate insight of what you're going through now and how you've evolved. So as an Aries, now you're turning grapes into fine wine. You're manifesting the power of your identity as a Taurus. And you still got the Aries spirit, but now you're learning to ground it more and to, to really come more into uh, your five senses of this passion. That actually hits for sure, especially because 
my birthday is 322, like right at that entry degree of Aries. Okay. And so around 30 years old is where my life started to really take on the meaning of figuring out the right relationship with my mother, who is a Taurus, by the way, Taurus son, which is pretty powerful. And uh, also the love side of that Venus ruled house, getting love right and grounding in the getting my wealth right. All those things definitely started to become like primary mission objectives around age 30 and since then. So this actually makes total sense for me. And I'm really interested to look further into it. This is really advanced as far as what most astrologers even offer mm-hmm. as a reading style. Yeah. I've come to learn that if you had to choose between your progressed and natal, you should just choose your progressed because it's going to be more accurate to what you're going through now, but it's still fascinating because the natal chart will still give you accurate transits to that too. So that just kind of shows me the, the blendedness and how, you know, there's these dimensions of our own character and whatnot. Yeah. That makes total sense because I can even like, I kind of vibe more with the tropical stuff, but uh, a tune really in tune sidereal astrologer can still tell me stuff about me. That's really accurate, even though they're looking at me as a Pisces son and it's a whole different thing. So I think a lot of these, like with divination in general, whether it's through throwing cards or looking at charts, it's really what you bring to the table in terms of your balance between your awareness and your intuition, the left and right sides of yourself. Do you have any tropical planets in Pisces? Oh yeah. I got Mercury and Venus. So, and now that's the thing that could be a little misleading with sidereal. So when people do that and, and he interprets or she interprets your sidereal sun in Pisces, and you notice that those Pisces aspects correlate, that could be you picking up on the tropical Pisces. And that's why it feels like it's accurate. Yeah. And those two planets follow the sun really close. So there's going to be some similarities between them and the sun generally. Exactly. But I, I mean, side reel definitely has its purpose, too, especially in looking at more like ages of people. And um, some people will say it's more like your inner soul self, whereas the tropical is the ego. But yeah. So do you where do you value things? I know this is probably like a contentious topic, but where do you value things in terms of looking at sidereal versus tropical? Because I always like to ask astrologers who I talk to that question. I've talked to both flavors on the show. And um, I have kind of my own theory about it, but it's definitely just an intuitive guess. And I'm not sure. Right. No, it's a really good question because a lot of people swear on sidereal. I've seen that a lot of people who use sidereal, it's really more placebo astrology because when you, and I think Astrolata said it the best because sidereal in order to a lot of people and a lot of people who use sidereal astrology, if you ask them the science of the ecliptic, they probably will not know what to tell you. If you were to ask them, what's the relationship between the Tropic of Cancer and the Capricorn and the ecliptic path of the sun, they probably will not be able to tell you. And that's concerning because if they don't, then they don't understand how astrology works. And it took me a while to realize why is it that, you know, for example, you were born with your son in the constellation of Pisces. So why is it that your son is in Aries? Um, and that's when I realized constellations have nothing to do with zodiac signs. So side reel based on constellations 
it's going to be cool if you're outside the earth or if you're doing the the astrology for an age of people, like how they say we're headed into the age of Aquarius because the constellation is now moving into Aquarius. But the reason why you correlate with Aries is because when you were born, the seasonal influence of the sun's path during the ecliptic, through the ecliptic, and the interception with the Earth's equator made it so that you were within the zodiacal space of Aries. The intersection between the ecliptic and the Earth's equator creates seasons with the Tropic of Cancer and Capricorn. So we have the four seasons. Scientists have proven that seasons affect human temperament. And if we take it a step further, we can see how through the zodiac signs. And so the reason why you represent Aries isn't because your son was in the constellation of Aries, but mainly because your son was going through the seasonal influence where we had the equinox or was it the the equinox equal day equal night coming into the solstice where now you have the spirit of your son during aries where we're starting to come into more day and less night that's what makes you an aries and that's based all on math mathematical equations and geometry the angles between the sun and the planets and the moon and so this is where when you take people who have side reel, they're incorrectly uh, mathematically not taking into account that procession of equinox. And it's very misleading because this is where we kind of see a bit of placebo here and what things feel like versus mathematically what they are. This is why transits on tropical so accurate. You'll have theories saying that the the grid was set a certain way by Anunnaki and aliens, but that's where it's like, if you have to get that abstract to make your point, like how sure do you know what you're saying? And this is where personally, I just don't subscribe to side reel. I like Vedic astrology, but based on tropical placements, like the nakshatras, if you use the tropical system are so accurate. It's not even funny. Um, but yeah, scientifically, this is why side reel doesn't work. And when you listen to astrology, when you listen to skeptics, they always bring up the side reel. They always bring up the procession of equinox. They always say the dates change. So astrology is bullshit. And none of that's true. The dates haven't changed. It's all big. And this is this is for anyone watching. If you want to know who knows their shit, ask anybody what is the relationship between the ecliptic path of the sun and the earth's equator? And how does that make astrology accurate? If they can't answer you that, they're not a real astrologer or they just don't understand how it works. And it's easy to read books and get cookie cutter, you know, inside of this is what this means in this sign. But it's another thing to understand why we're in Libra season. We finished the fall equinox and regardless of the hemisphere, it's Libra. And that's what really helps you understand the, 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 the scientific nature because consistently the sun will always move a degree. And that ecliptic path is what influences our calendrical system of the 360 degrees divided into, of course, four quadrants and 12 different months. And this is what helps us align with that Gregorian calendar system. But even without this system, like you said, we have the lunar cycles. And yeah, that that really gives a lot of insight. So that that's why tropical is accurate. Side reel, of course, mainly came about because the people who uh, read the stars didn't have the scientific literature or equipment 
to notice the procession of equinoxes until later. But then in the age of Ptolemy, they made these adjustments and uh, really helped around the age of the Chaldeans and everything. Right on, dude. That totally hits, yeah. uh, fits, hits and fits with the way I look at it. And I mean, I puzzled over the question for a long time. <laughs> I wanted to give as much as much leeway to the sidereal astrologers as I could, because a lot of them that I know, they're great people and right. they're trying to help. Oh, absolutely. And, there, and there's a lot of wisdom, too, because there's still a system of reading it that it will work. It's just when you start to get transit specific and archetypally, it starts to get misleading. And if you go to astro.com, a lot of that wisdom, they, they did a phenomenal job of breaking it down. Their articles on Ophiuchus and New Dates goes over everything I said, and, and it'll they'll more detail uh, the explanation of that and the history behind it, too. Very fascinating. Well, when I wondered about why we have two systems. Also, do you mind muting when I talk real quick? Because it has given me a little bit of echo of my own voice there. Thanks, dude. Uh, audio engineer. <laughs> but so I look at like, why do we have two systems? Well, we got team light and team dark. And I'm not calling sidereal astrologers dark siders by any means. But when you think about the difference here, what you've just explained to put it in like a two TLDR version is that one system is that you believe that what the actual stars are doing and those constellations themselves is somehow shining some kind of juju onto you and affecting you versus the tropical system says it's just what's happening in nature right now. And everything about the constellations is totally conceptual as a way to explain just like any language, what is happening in nature, which is rhythm and feeling. So it's like the difference is the belief that stars cause the things versus it's nature. And we're just trying to describe nature with these signs because anybody can look at the stars and connect dots and be like, it's actually this. And if you can come up with a story about the dots you connected that reflects that time of year in the sky clock, then that would work just as well as what we've got. But ancestors, they've already been through at least one full go round of this procession. So they get it. And they were able to give us this system that is atavistic in our DNA. It's a part of who we are. And I mean, I want to talk about this in an hour too, but it might even be that it's coming through from the archetypes themselves on a higher octave speaking to us through nature. And that's an interesting topic, but so you can look at maybe, you know, agree or disagree people out there, but sidereal, you could also look at it as the external, the Eastern or the feminine, whereas the tropical would be the internal, the masculine or the Western. And so you could maybe make a case that sidereal, like you said, with uh, the procession of the equinoxes does have value when you're looking at events in the external world. Maybe if you're casting a chart for the, you know, for a country, maybe sidereal is good for that. Tropical, though, all the way for looking at how you came in and what the nature energy was right then. Is that all fit no, with that how you're saying it? That was well said. And, and normally you see the external be masculine. So I like how you said it's internal and masculine. And personally, you know, I look one, at it like in is up and out is down. Right. So masculine is going up. And I, I love what you said, because personally, like with with that lens, there is credence to side real where in an age sense, 
Aries aren't like they used to be. Aries are now starting to be a bit like Pisces. Pisces is starting to be like Aquarius in a subtle sense. Like Gemini is still Gemini. Aries is still Aries. But compared to the original sense before that procession, you're starting to see it. And that could be collectively how it plays through. But internally within the Earth's atmosphere, you got to do tropical because that's letting you know that narrative and story coming through. And once again, um, it's interesting because you'll see a lot of side, like that's a lot of the propaganda around it. The side reel is always attacking the tropical, like the, the side reel proponents usually say the tropical is evil. And this is where I just like to go with objectivity. It's hard to hear a, a case for side reel that doesn't border on conspiracy theory or just some made up bullshit. And that's what makes it hard for me to believe it. It's, it's, it's either some fallacious reasoning or the most recent thing I heard was, oh, yes, evil aliens projected and made tropical to confuse people. And it's like, I want to believe that but there's no basis in reality of that. Like, it's it's like it's it doesn't really tell me anything outside of just, you know, it's just kind of intellectually dishonest and lazy. So if anything, the evil aliens are the ones that knocked our orbit off so that we have five extra days and it's not an even 360 degrees where all the signs stay where they were. That I feel like is, is, is kind of cool in a sense where it just kind of shows us how we have our image of what's perfect. And then there's just the reality where things aren't as perfectly mathematical, but still, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting uh, to keep all that in mind. Cause remember everything we're perceiving is through this third dimensional lens and there's so much higher dimensions beyond that that we're in, interacting with. So I'm grateful that astrology helps us gain insight into that. But there's astrology as a science. There's astrology as an art form. And you touched on that when you spoke on because like the constellations were now based off of the zodiac signs where you've seen these people create these symbols. But like, yeah, you know, there's the science of astrology that's strictly and just to kind of explain that again, astrology is pure math. Like the reason why aspects are accurate isn't because like when people say, oh, this, the, the planets don't influence your personality. There, that's not entirely wrong. That's not how astrologers interpret astrology. So we're not seeing how the planets influence us. It's the mathematical angle between the phases and the cycles of the planets. So the reason why the Jupiter opposite Uranus is going to be accurate is because there is a meaning to that opposition, that 180 degree opposition per moon phase means something. It actually correlates as above, so below. So it's not some mystical, magical meaning as much as it is just the cyclical phase of how these aspects influence what plays down here. And, you know, scientists like to debunk that by saying that that means planets influence what we go through, but it's less about planets influencing what we go through as much as the language and the dialogue being created from the Earth's moon in relation to its aspects to the other planets and the sun and how that language we see played out. Now that's astrology as an art form. The science is mainly this is opposing this, this is squaring that. It's the mathematical calculation. The art form is this is what that means, the interpretation. And it's an art form because 
everyone can perceive it in so many different ways. And I think that's the beauty of astrology where everyone has a unique perspective to bring into that. And the storytelling and how you make sense of it brings so much more color to that mathematical definition of what the aspects are actually saying. Agree. And it it helps to accept that it's a conceptual science, not a dogmatic one, because then you can bring your own perspective to it. Like we've been saying, it's not that the signs literally are the perfect. We, ha- we don't have the perfect understanding. You brought up. Um, yeah, you brought up how there's the perfection that we want, and then there's the reality that's not quite there. And I think of Venus as the good example of that, because it creates that Fibonacci uh, type of phi expression in li- in the life forms that we see everywhere that golden it's like it's approximating the golden mean ratio but ne- we never quite get there phi or fibonacci approximates it but doesn't ever quite reach it it just gets closer and closer forever and that's what our imper- that's what we're meant to heal here i think in this dimension is that our ability to love in this 3D is imperfect but if we learn to love the unlovable anyway, then that's how we ascend to higher and higher levels of closer to perfection in our love. And you also gave me, this is kind of an awesome segue psychic Mike. You gave me a a great in to the last question. I think we have time for in hour one, which is about squares and oppositions. One thing that you, I heard you say somewhere that was really helpful was that, these type of hard angles in the chart, especially in relationship charts, like looking at two people's composites and stuff is that if you have these squares that actually can help you bond or they can get you stuck. And both of those words have a similar meaning. So can you talk about like this taking action on the square concept for us and and why these hard aspects are actually crucial for growth and not something to be feared? And that is one of the most important questions because there's such a fatalistic attitude towards astrology where bad aspects are seen as the worst. And it's the, it's the dumbest thing. It's, it's so misleading. It's, it's very horrible. And I used to give into that too, because that's just how we were taught. Like, oh, squares are bad. Oppositions are bad. You want to see trines. You want to see sextiles when really it's just more pressure. And what I learned is really the best aspects are the most challenging ones, because those are the ones that push you to really strengthen and sharpen. So the squares are 90 degree angles within the same quality of element. So two cardinal signs, two fixed signs. And it's like a tug of war. Square is going to be a clash because Aries wants to act individually, but Capricorn needs to represent a corporation. So how do I take the same action? Aries wants to go left. Capricorn wants to go north. Clearly, this has to be revolved. It's not like a trine that's smooth and that's free flowing. The square forces some kind of conflict that has to be resolved. So squares bring things up, which in relationships, normally those are seen as bad, but squares are actually the driver of some of the most tense romances that occur because now both of those partners need to address those clashes. And normally you see them get married because these two clashes push each other to sharpen and be better. You see this in the opposition, which once again is so demonized, but I've learned the opposition is completion. The opposition actually brings an opposing force that's different from you, but can complement you. 
So this is what really, especially with the King Kunks, and then I'm learning there's an advanced nature to astrology with even more aspects. I didn't know there were so many aspects like the binovile, the biquintile, and that's something I'm going to come into studying more. But yeah, I mean, as far as like harsh aspects, um, you want to look at the challenging aspects in your chart because that is your key to growth. That is your key to address your challenges and to be greater. And the, the positive aspects you can get so comfortable with, they can hold you back because you don't push yourself or because you just get so comfortable in it. Um, but, you know, those are still very pleasant. Those are still very nice. There's nothing like a good grand trine or a trine or a sextile to just open up the door. But yeah, really changing the perception around negative aspects will really just like transform your attitude towards your energies. Because once you now start to see it as a challenge to be met, it opens up so much more. Super true, dude. Like it's literally about taking action. It shows you where the action is needed so that whenever you feel hesitant, you go, oh, wait, but that's one of these squares. So even though I'm hesitating to express this right now, if I just do, it's actually going to be awesome. Even like there's actually nothing to be afraid of. And but if you didn't know that because you didn't ever look at the composite chart with you and the girl or whatever, or even in your own self, in your own life path, then you might not have that little extra oomph of courage to be like, no, I'm just going to go for it. And when well, you do, it's so real. Like some people might see a synastry chart and be like, oh, this has nothing but trines and sextiles. So on paper, it's great. But there's so many relationships that on paper, it's amazing. But in real life, it's horrible. You might and come together quick, but the passion will fizzle. Exactly. Because there's no square. There's no tension to build and grow with challenges. You don't push each other in a certain sense. So most of these relationships could be platonic because it's just so easy flowing. And it, it really taught me a lot. Well, give us your, you know, plugs. How do you work with people? What can they do to get in touch with you as we wrap up hour one? Let us know the goods on how to most benefit from all this heavy duty research and experience that you've brought to the table for us. And thanks for being here, man. This first hour has been Liddy Kitty. Can't wait to show to people. Yes, much appreciated. And um, yeah, honestly, the, the peacedealer.com is a great website to book a consultation with me. If you'd like 30 minutes, we can look into your chart. We can look into your progress chart and you can schedule when uh, we speak or you can shoot me an email if you want to ask any questions before you do that. And I always recommend starting with the natal chart just so we can get an introduction into who you are and your chart basics. Cool. So to leave people with a little inspo at the end of our one here, uh, first of all, let me just tell everyone what I want to get into with homie. When we do this second hour, we're going to be getting into the deeper end of the pool, talking about psychic powers, different ways they manifest, how to know what your psychic powers might be and trust them. Ascension. There's a fun buzzword, higher octaves of perception of reality, you know, the divine archetypes communicating with them. If we got time, we'll get into tarot and astrology, how they connect and maybe different cards that Mike uses. And the question that I want to leave people with for the inspo is valuing yourself properly, knowing your worth. Can you give us a little ditty on, I mean, we got like two or three minutes. It doesn't have to fill, fill two or three minutes, but I know that's something that you do properly. And that's uh, why you're flying so high right now. So can we talk about valuing yourself and, and your gifts properly and not just giving it all away for free. 
But yeah, that used to be huge. I mean, that was the biggest lesson for me doing everything I do. Um, being in a position where people try to play me, like, and I don't just mean random people, like the, the very collective around me uh, gave the impression that I wasn't valuable. I mean, this isn't what they'll say. People will say one thing, but their actions will prove the other. But, you know, in, in sharing what I share with it being seen as pseudoscientific, delusional, crazy, um, it, it was in reaching out to like minds who also broke through that and, and first understanding that what I have is valuable. As far as owning my own worth, that was, that was just a lifetime of really building confidence. And a lot of that is networking and reaching out to people who truly see you for who you are. But I mean, as far as taking that power back, which has been more instrumental now that I finished my Saturn return, really coming around to just own that worth and having that radical sense of self-worth, even if other people don't value it like that, you know, it's not saying to be delusional and, and feel like you're worth more than you are, but to be willing to take responsibility for what you're worth. You know, if you do charge higher and not a lot of people invest in it, taking responsibility to not complain about that, but to still own that value. And honestly, one of the biggest misconceptions um, in this quote unquote spiritual community has a lot to do with charging, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and charging for what you're worth. Um, the biggest myth is that, you know, if you're doing something spiritual, you're supposed to give it away for free. And it's this toxic belief that in helping other people, you're supposed to give of your time selflessly, um, and allow people to walk all over you and, and take advantage of your boundaries. Cause a lot of that will happen where, you know, you're on a time limit and people feel like they can extend that and dump all their problems on you. And you do not see this in any other industry. Ever. I cannot go to Subway, get a sandwich and be like, well, I mean, I don't feel like I have to pay for it because I need to eat. And I don't know why you're charging for such, you know, it's only in spirituality that people get away with this bullshit and to say this, this stuff. And a lot of that is pseudo intellectual rhetoric that has spread through the community. And what I noticed is people who push that rhetoric, they're not business owners. They have no experience with working with other people and with expressing anything of value. Most people who burn themselves out doing that learn the hard way that, you know, they do have to actually value their services. And it's just, it's just basic economics. So for example, um, certain people will get, certain people will get angry when they can't afford a service and then automatically it's all this is all about the money because they think it's about them and what they can afford when anyone who does any business knows basic supply and demand raising the price of a service has less to do about what money you want and more about if there's so much demand than you can supply you have to raise the price so that there's less demand and a lot of people don't take into account these principles when they just kind of get in their feelings and project on that person who's owning their worth, which is so interesting. You never get obstacles for owning your worth until you take your power back. Once you draw those lines, once you actually affirm your worth, then there's all this opposition, almost as if 
shame on you for valuing yourself. So it's a part of that spiritual war. And first of all, identifying what that value is, having an honest, healthy assessment of it and owning that no matter what. That's been the hugest game changer for me and, and everyone else who, who like you is owning that. And congratulations. Yeah, dude. Uh, just to add to what you said real quick before we hop over to hour two, boundaries are solar plexus. And I like to call your solar plexus the treasure chest because it's your chest, right? So if you got the healthy boundaries, you've got a you've got a lockbox there, your coins will be safe and protected. You know, all that gold, that yellow energy, that sun, it's going to be, you're going to contain it and you're going to get brighter and brighter. And instead of having to let other people eat your light, they're just going to vibe off your shine. And if you do value your, your shit the way you should, then people will also feel like it's an investment and they'll take it seriously when they come to you instead of like, oh, this was free. So like, I'm going to forget about it tomorrow. But they had to work hours and hours to get to that, to get that healing or to get that read. It's different for them. They're going to really value it too. So just watch what happens, people. Whenever you set healthy boundaries for yourself, your reality will restructure itself around your boundaries. It happens. And that's because you start shining. And anyway, we'll move into hour two. But, bro, it's been so good so far. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody check out Peace Dealer on YouTube. Catch the live streams. I'm wondering, like, was that as good for you as it was for me? Do I even need to ask? Because it seems apparent that that was a super fun episode and deep too. Like we really got into the, the psychic realms. You know how it is. Uh, the second hour is better than the first in terms of the metaphysical depth that we achieve. If you're not aware of how that works, if maybe you're new to the channel, welcome. And thanks for checking it out. And I think if you like Mike, the peace dealer, you will like what I do generally too, especially some of the other stuff besides interverse, like the Oracle cards I do in the mornings or vibrant my Wednesday weekly show. So check out, you know, the YouTube channel that I've got or Rockfin. Also, if you haven't heard of Rockfin, I'm pretty sure you're going to see peace dealer on there soon. Maybe even put in some exclusive content on that network. You can subscribe to my Rockfin or my Patreon to get hour two of this conversation. And in the second hour, we talked about the different types of psychic powers and how they manifest in the different elements or signs, discussing intuition and life force energy, ascension, higher octaves of reality, the archetypes, aka the gods and the divine, the inner zodiac and how to connect to that and not be thinking that it's all about external forces controlling you, but seeing how the primary energies of the life force energy itself play through us and that we're sort of their, we're their masks in a weird way. And talked about how 
Mike began his journey as the peace dealer. That was really inspirational. The two versions of Aquarius was a big topic. That was really interesting, explaining our age and the divergent paths humanity is taking. And we finished up with a bit on tarot and astrology. So I look forward to doing more stuff with him. He's really fun. I knew as soon as I saw his uh, work the very first time, because of the fun and the, the good energy he brought to it, that he was the real deal and an actual psychic. And he's proven that to me with the, every time I tune in that, yeah, he's tapped in. He's tapped into some realness and I appreciate him. And I've gained a lot out of following his work. He's one of the channels I follow closely. And there's only so much time to follow people and actually keep up with them. So he's worth it in my book. Follow the Peace Dealer on YouTube and hopefully on Rockfin soon. Now, one thing that was interesting was that in the end of the plus extension, he said something about waking up to the realization when we get into a more fully authentic version of ourselves and into the flow state, living in truth, about realizing that you always already knew, always already knew all the things that you're coming into whenever you tap into the divine aspect of self and the higher guidance and wisdom that is available to us whenever we live in truth. And that makes, that made a lot of sense to me because the uh, version I am of myself right now, it took a lot of work to get to over the last many years. I actually got into this zone in 2013 at the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And I had a lot more freedom then. I wasn't tied down to responsibilities that I then picked up in terms of like how to make money and have a regular normie job and all that stuff. And as soon as I detached from that and made the normie stuff very part-time and not really at all the focus of my life, I started returning to full-time like experience of deeper, higher self-connection. So I talk about this a lot in the morning Oracle reads that I do on my YouTube channel, but when you step into the unknown, the path reveals itself one step at a time. And that's partly through your own inner illumination shining on the way. What other stuff? Oh, we talked about sidereal and tropical astrology in the first hour. And that was very cool conversation. But you know what? Sorry, not sorry. If you're really attached to sidereal being like the only way. Uh, hopefully we made a good case for where and how they might both be relevant. But also, it was a no bullshit, <laughs> in my opinion, type of perspective on whether or not the uh, stars themselves are influencing us or if this is all conceptual and just trying to explain some deeper rhythms of nature beyond the words we attach to it. Hopefully that all hits for everybody, but, you know, it is what it is, as he would say. <laughs> uh, other stuff I want you guys to know about. You know what? I did a first version of this outro. And I was so high energy. I just absorbed all of Peace Dealer's vibes. And I came in like, and it was all this fire. And it was great. It was like 20 minutes. And then the mics weren't on. So it didn't record at all. And now here I am uh, in a different energy today and comparing this outro to the previous one. And why should I do that? Because you guys don't even know what that one was like. So it's not like you know what you're missing out on. Uh, <laughs> or maybe you're not missing out. Maybe it's perfect how it is or good enough rather than perfect. So I want y'all to know that I'm doing a lot more than just interverse now. And if you listen to this show from the RSS feed, the audio only show, and you aren't getting the notifications for my YouTube channel or paying attention to my Rockfin or BitChute or Odyssey, you are missing out on more than half at this point of what I do. 
every Wednesday at 8 p.m. We do Vibe Rant and we're eight episodes in and it's two hours and it's free and it's a community thing. You can call in, you can leave stuff for us to, to put on the show like memes or videos or ask questions. You can leave us voicemails and we'll play it. It is so fun. Last week we had Jim Maiden, one of the chief arachnoid architects of the awesome, awesome Weaving Spiders Welcome YouTube channel that I hope to get in on tonight and join their conversation as a one of the recurring co-hosts. I love those guys. Weaving Spiders Welcome. Can't talk it up enough. So Jim came on and we laughed about a bunch of stuff and he has a really infectious and great laugh. And we also got into some deep gnosis on the cosmic egg, which I look at it as the uh, the occult shape of the realm, if shape is the right word. Structure is maybe a better word. Not that I need it to be literal, but the cosmic egg has a lot of synchro gravy in it whenever you break it down. And I kind of got into a flow on it where I explained some things and some recent thoughts and realizations I've had that do not, uh, they've never made it on the air before. So check out Vibrant episode eight, go to my YouTube page, go to my website. You can, I finally got it up on the website where you can see the newest episode and the playlist of all of them from the homepage, finally getting around to that. And don't forget to, if you get notifications on my YouTube and you decide to go that route or pay attention to Rockfin, every morning, usually Sundays I take off and maybe other days I'll take off too, depending on if I'm traveling or busy, but I've been doing morning card divination reads for the, the squad to get into like what's in the cosmic flow today. And it's pretty amazing how things line up for people that check it out and they tell me later, like, this is exactly what I was doing today, or this is exactly how today played out. And I'm like, yeah, for me, this is what yesterday was about. So I think I'm a little ahead as an Aries, not that I'm in front of people, but just there's like this wheel and we're all on the spectrum and we're riding the same wave, but we're at different points in front of, or in or behind the wave. I like to be in front of the wave and surf. If you check out my Oracle videos, they're like, 20-ish minutes every morning, and it can help you generate more synchronicity in your day by having something to reflect on that you then see manifest in your life. And the more that you follow those videos, I think you'll see how they build on each other and keep us in the perpetual flow state. Perpetual flow state. I just dropped the uh, crystal that I was playing with. I do that sometimes. Yeah, so Oracle videos, Vibrant, get in there. Also, I do offer personal reads for people. If you want me to draw some cards on a situation or just get the, get some reflection on where you're at in life and how to move forward and what would be good for you to think about. Oh, it's like not even what would be good for you to think about. It will just make you think about stuff in a healthy way and get communication with yourself. So email me or message me somewhere that you want to do personal Oracle reading or sound healing been doing a lot more sound healing. Those are going great. Really awesome results for people that have uh, decided to hire me to do that type of healing. And what's cool is right now, it's probably less expensive than it's going to be in the future because as demand goes up and it's already going up a lot, price will have to go up to keep me from overbooking and all that. And right now I know that the price is lower than what it should be, but I'm just getting in the groove of doing these regularly. So Now's a good time to get in on some sound healing with me. Let me do the aura technician stuff and help 
get rid of some of the static in your field so that you can return that energy to your core and have extra throughput and electrical electrical energy to do what it is you're here to do and finish the things that need finishing and not just be like, you know, 80% or 90% done with life. Not that you're going to be done with life, but done with tasks and completing quests to the fullest extent you can. Other stuff that's going on for me this week, I'm going back on Unslaved podcast to talk about some tarot things and bring in a special guest that you're going to really like if you're an Unslaved fan with Michael Tessarion and David Whitehead. I think that the content we're bringing there will make it on my channel too eventually, but if you want the fresh, then watch out for that. And it'll be cool because we'll have Tessarion's perspective on the topics we get into, and he's always a really interesting and deep philosopher of life and of the occult. And I'm going to play us out with the song brand new from big gigantic got me like, so if you usually don't stick around for the outro and where you don't watch the video version, the video version is cool because I make graphics that are unique to each episode that I feel like reflect the energy of the conversation. And it's a fun art project for me. Oh, did I tell you guys to get on telegram yet? Get on Telegram, join our group. It's super lit in there and you can find it linked all over the place that has to do with Interverse. If you really can't find it somehow, message me, but the show notes and description will have a link. I guarantee it. And I was trying to be concise and I think I did a good job. So I'm going to get out of here. Got a lot of good stuff coming. Super stoked on the Peace Dealer. Can't wait to go on his channel with him. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Much love. Always choose the love. You can do it. I trust you. And you should trust you too. You're a child of God or created by the intelligent divine aspect of all of everything and existence itself. So if that force is what created you, then you must be good, right? So believe that you're good and do the good. Be the good. You're the light. All right. Now for this big, gigantic, got me like. See you guys later.